What's going on guys? It's Nick here. Back from the video. We're coming off our best week in a while going 19 and 10 overall, but we just missed on a few of our pick combos. So we'll look to hit on more of those this week. Remember that 100% of my picks are free to see on my website, thefencefootballadvice.com. We'll go over a lot today, but there's 31 up on the site. We're not going to go over all 31 today. Again, completely free. So let's start things off with two four pick combos. Remember, Always use insurance on four-pick combos. That's how you get the highest EV. That was actually one of the ones we hit on last week. First one involves the Colts at Bengals game. It's going to be Gardner Minshew, higher than 229.5 passing yards. Michael Pittman Jr., higher than 74.5 receiving yards. Jake Browning, higher than 228.5 passing yards. And then Jamar Chase, higher than 65.5 receiving yards. And Bengals. Uh, they drop catch rate for wide receivers, but they allow the second highest boost to yards per reception. Pittman is up to a 30% target share on the season. He's gained at least 75 yards in three consecutive games. He has 12 or more targets in three straight. Like He has been on a tear recently. They're doing a fantastic job scheming him open, so it hasn't been him running into like these you know, horrific defenses. He's had obviously great matchups, right? You're not going to gain this many targets on bad matchups, but it's a good matchup again this week. But point is, they're scheming him open really well. So we should expect this target share to continue being high. Expect him to keep getting a ton of targets. Then you look to the other side of the game, a pretty neutral matchup for catch rate, but they are also a top 10 matchup for yards perception to wide receivers. Chase had a dud on um, game against Baltimore. You know, we see Burrow get injured. Obviously, we're not going to have a great game there. But 81 yards, 149 yards in the two games. Since then, he's had just under a 28% target share on the season. This combination of four players, it basically just includes the two best players in this game correlating well with each other. But also, when we look at this matchup, right, and we look at these two players, these are the two players that are in the best spot and the best spot for big plays. Catch rate is reduced in this matchup, but yards perception is increased. So maybe they're going to be less efficient in catching their targets, but there's an increased rate for both Pittman and Chase to get targets downfield or to break off longer plays than usual. And if one of these two is hitting for a big play, well, we know that wide receiver is probably going higher in their projection. They're probably taking their quarterback with them, and it's going to force the other side to remain aggressive in a matchup that tilts towards deep passing and high yards perception to wide receivers. So everything correlates beautifully with these four. Again, please use insurance though. Other four pick combo is going to stem from the Lions at Bears game. It's going to be Justin Fields, higher than 194 and a half passing yards. DJ Moore, higher than 67 and a half receiving yards. Jameer Gibbs, higher than 27 and a half receiving yards. And then Sam Laporta, higher than four and a half receptions. If you wanted to make this a 20 to one taking off insurance, you can still do insurance on the five pick ones if you want to play it safe. But if you wanted to make it the full 20 to one, turn off insurance and add on Jared Goff's passing yardage total. I think that's fine. I don't think you have to, though. So usually you look at it and you're like, well, you have Gibbs, you have Laporta. So, of course, you want to add in uh, Jared Goff. I don't think you need to. Again, like, it's 27 and a half yards for Gibbs. So if he gets to 30, that's not necessarily increasing the chance that much that, you know, Jared Goff is going over his total. 
And then Sam Laporta needs to hit five receptions. Again, not really increasing that much the chance that Goff is going off. So you can, um, you don't need to. I mean, these two could get there on 60 combined yards. If they get to 60 yards, that doesn't mean that Jared Goff hit. Uh, so I don't think the correlation is massive with the two that we picked. Also, the Bears are a great matchup for running back receptions and running back receiving yards. They're also an elite matchup for tight end catch rate. That's why we have these two picks in there. But they're a poor matchup for wide receivers. They're also a poor matchup for yards per reception to tight ends. So I think that you know Sam Laporta can rack up receptions here, but he's probably not going to be highly efficient with those receptions. That's why we're leaning that. So again, I lean away from adding on that fifth pick for Jared Goff. But again, great matchup for Gibbs. Great matchup for Sam Laporta. Bears are the number one matchup for running back receiving yards. They've allowed the third most yards per reception over expected to running backs. Fourth most receptions over expected to the position as well. Only four teams boost catch rate to tight ends more so. Again, even if Laporta doesn't gain a ton of yards, he should be able to rack up receptions in the spot. Then you look at the other side and you say, okay, the Lions are a bottom three matchup for running back efficiency on the ground. And honestly, through the air as well, they're not that great. But on the ground, definitely, and that's really all they use the Bears running backs for, is these carries. They're probably going to be highly inefficient. They're also a bottom five matchup for tight end efficiency. So even though, you know, Cole Komet's going to be used, he's probably not going to be overly efficient in the spot. But they're a top 10 matchup for wide receivers. And given DJ Moore's 25.5% target share on the season, we should expect a lot of volume to flow his way this week. And if the Bears are, you know, leaning on him over the running backs, they're finding success in doing that, it just makes it more likely that Justin Fields is going higher than his underdog projection. And if DJ Moore were to hit on a big play, it of course does the same thing as the first four-pick combo we talked about. It puts the Lions right back on the field, forces them to be a little bit more aggressive, and also if he hits on a big play, it's not like Justin Fields has some 300-yard passing uh, higher or lower that he needs to, to hit for. I mean, he needs 195 total passing yards. One big play from DJ Moore is going to be a big chunk of that number. A three-pick combo I like is from the Eagles at Cowboys game. You could absolutely full stack this game, roll with a full 20 to one because it is a game that could be back and forth. Even if players don't project super well, if you wanted to take higher on a bunch of different players, hope that you hit on the right ones. I'm totally fine with that. I didn't see a five pick combo that I was in love with because obviously underdog knows this game can go off. And so they kind of boosted everyone's projection. So the three I would roll with, and again, it's always optimal. You basically have to use insurance on the four-pick combos. Technically, it's suboptimal. Like the, the EV is higher if you turn off insurance for three and five picks. But if you want to play it safe, you're like, no, I like the opportunity to get one wrong and still hit. You can still turn on insurance for both three and five-pick combos. Um, just know that the EV is slightly lower, but it's slightly. So if you prefer doing it, do it. Um, but the four I'd roll with, or the three I'd roll with for this one are CeeDee Lamb, higher than 87 and a half receiving yards. Jalen Hurts to score a rushing or receiving touchdown. So obviously you're looking for the, the rushing one there. Uh, and then AJ Brown, higher than 78 and a half receiving yards. Jalen Hurts has a rushing touchdown in four consecutive games. Basically you're saying, will the Eagles get inside like the three yard line? 
And honestly, he can still hit if they don't. But if they make it inside the three-yard line, he's going to get a rushing touchdown because it's just impossible to defend that play. They know that. Why on earth would they go away from it, right? So pretty likely to do that. Again, four straight games he has one. He has a rushing touchdown in seven of his last eight, nine of his last 11 I think the the odds on DK are like minus 145. You're getting great value on underdog with that one. Then CD Lamb has at least 115 receiving yards in four of his six home games. The two that he doesn't was a 35-point win against New England and a 35-point win against the Commanders. My guess is that the Cowboys don't beat the Eagles this week by 35 points and that he's not just like uninvolved in the entire second half of the game. Because remember back to those games, it was ridiculous. Like, of course, he wasn't going to have a great game. Like, they just completely decimated uh, both of those opponents. And so, I would imagine this game is relatively close the whole way through. And in a script, even where they like get ahead, they know that the Eagles can put up points very quickly, even up like 17 points. They're going to stay aggressive. They're going to keep throwing the ball. And just looking matchup wise, again, Eagles. Number one matchup for opposing wide receivers in terms of wide receiver targets over expected. We can expect heavy volume from the Dallas wide receivers this week. Then with AJ Brown, he's cooled off a little bit since he had the six straight games of 125 receiving yards, which was just a crazy streak he was on. So he's cooled off a little bit since then. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, well, okay. Dallas Goddard is also back, and that's obviously going to impact his target share because these other tight ends weren't committing targets. Um, but I still love him. I mean, he's still got you know a 29% target share on the season. And if you look historically, Devonta Smith has been the one that's been impacted more by Dallas Goddard than A.J. Brown. When we see Goddard out, Brown just sees a lot more double coverage. And so um, Devonta Smith like just naturally sees his target share go up because, again, the backup tight ends don't command targets. And so both the wide receiver share is going to go up. But he also has... AJ Brown doubled on the other side. And so it's not like his matchups really get any more difficult. But now with Goddard back, teams can't really double AJ Brown as much. They're still going to do it, but they can't do it as much. And so the target share might drop, but the efficiency goes up for AJ Brown. Whereas Devonta Smith, efficiency doesn't really change, but the target share does go down. So we just see it impacted more in Devonta Smith than AJ Brown. Um, also, it's a dome game. I don't have any sort of data for you on the fact that that's good for A.J. Brown, but just wide receivers in domes in high-scoring games, it's a situation that's at least positive. We know that there's not going to be any weather concerns. We know that this game can definitely be back and forth, be high-scoring. That's definitely a very positive thing. All right, what's the 20-1 to 1 this week? Please remember, 20-1s, to 1s, low chance of hitting. I mean, the implied odds of a 20-1 to 1 is... 5%, it should hit 5% of the time, and then the EV would be neutral, it'd be zero, I guess, you wouldn't make any money if you're hitting 5% of the time. We've hit on these 15% of the time, so obviously that's very, very good, but understand, even hitting 15% of the time, it means 85% of the time we are not hitting, so it's not going to hit super often, but we're hitting a 15% rate, that's very, very good. Uh, this week, we are attacking the Vikings at Raiders game, it's going to be Joshua Dobbs, higher than 230.5 passing yards. Justin Jefferson, higher than 65.5 receiving yards. Jordan Addison, higher than 34.5 receiving yards. Jacoby Myers, higher than 43.5 receiving yards. And then Josh Jacobs, lower than 71.5 rushing yards. The Raiders are um, a relatively neutral matchup for wide receivers, but 
Dobbs has at least 30 pass attempts in all but one game this season, um, including the four games with the Vikings. Teams have trusted him still to throw the ball. 30 isn't some total where it's like, oh yeah, everyone has to hit the higher. But it's a mark that, you know, if you're in that like 30 to 34 range, you can definitely go higher than 230 and a half passing yards. You can definitely carry multiple, you know, higher end passing performances from your wide receivers. Um, he hasn't posted like super elite passing numbers since he's been on the Vikings, but that's a function of not having Justin Jefferson, right? I wouldn't expect him to throw for 250 yards every single week with Addison as a rookie, still great, but as a rookie, as their clear number one with Hawkinson so soaking up a huge target share, but so close to the line of scrimmage that so many of these targets don't have any upside. Like they're being completed, but they're being completed for like seven or eight yards, right? You take some of those away and you give them to Jefferson, who's getting them 15 or 16 yards downfield. And now we're opening up the ceiling for that passing total to increase. And you look at behind those and you've got, you know, wide receiver threes and fours, could be wide receiver five on some teams, like not a ton of talent. I mean, quality players, but not super talented players behind Addison and Hawkinson. So you basically take one of those players and you upgrade it to Justin Jefferson. I just think like the efficiency boost, not only taking one of these, you know, like tertiary options and turning it into Jefferson, uh, the, the increased efficiency there, but also the increased efficiency of everyone else. Like Addison is, he's capable of being a wide receiver one in this league, but you're still asking a lot of him in his rookie season with now a backup quarterback to be so good at getting open that he's carrying this offense. He's going to be much more efficient when he's got Justin Jefferson on the other side. He's never going to see double coverage. He's never going to see the top corner. Like It's just going to be a much, much better situation for him. So I feel like these underdog projections are underweighting the impact that Jefferson really has in transforming this offense. Then on the other side, the Vikings are the worst matchup for running back rushing success. And you don't really hear them talked about a lot, but running backs do not find success against the Vikings. We already know that Jacobs is having a highly inefficient season. And so if he's going into the worst matchup for efficiency or inarguably a bottom three matchup for efficiency, it's unlikely he's going to be highly efficient in the spot. And he needs 72 yards to not go lower. Like, that's still a really, really good day. So I think lower on there makes a lot of sense. It's also a great matchup for wide receiver targets and catch rate, but a poor one for yards per reception. That means, as I said before, Jacobs should be relatively inefficient on the ground, while the Vikings defense is going to force the Raiders passing attack into a lot more low dot targets. To me, like I think that benefits Myers more than Adams, since he's a guy that they do give a lot of underneath looks to, and he can be an outlet for Aiden O'Connell when the Vikings send pressure, which they love to do. The Vikings love to blitz. Um, they just they like to blitz and force you to just drive down the field with short targets. And I just think that benefits Myers more than anyone else. Myers is also just a player we like. Like I've liked him for years since he was on New England. He's a player that I think talent is always underrated. I just think this underdog projection is too low on him. Again, this is the 20 to 1 this week. If you want to use insurance, turn it into a 10 to 1. I think that is totally fine. So, as I said before, 
all of my picks, I went over a lot here, but all of them are free through the Super Bowl on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And 100% of the website will be free starting on Monday. That's the projections, the rankings, any DFS content, advanced stats, running back wide receiver reports, dynasty content, whole bunch more. Everything 100% free on the website starting Monday. So that's it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.